June is Pride Month, a time to celebrate LGBTQ plus people in the impact they have on history on an international, national, and yes, local level. So this final week of June, we're taking time to focus our local lens by hearing stories directly from our Moab community members. We're revisiting season one of Lift Up, LGBTQ plus visibility. We'll hear about being gay and non-binary in outdoors communities, how this rural area can inspire and also feel limiting And we'll hear about protecting and celebrating queer joy in our community. And just a brief reminder on context, this first season of Lift Up was produced in 2021, shortly after a homicide of a local queer couple rocked our community. In fact, this is the whole reason we have this program. We recognized that this radio station plays a role in deepening understanding and empathy within our community. Some of our interviewees mention this tragedy in their pieces. Okay, here's Ginger Cyan with an introduction to this episode. Sally Hodges moved to Moab in 2004 from Los Angeles, California. Born in Bristol, England, they gained a communications BA honors degree in film, video, and photographic arts, which ultimately led to the film industry. Sally is now a self-declared artist specializing in tintype portraiture and film. They advocate for the acceptance and introduction of non-gendered bias in our institutions and culture in the hopes of a more equitable future for all. My name is Sally Hodges. I am 58. I was born in Bristol in England. I arrived in Moab in 2004, May of 2004, from Los Angeles. Moab like when I first got here it was well obviously it was very very different from Los Angeles but in a surprising way it didn't feel that different for me even you know it being a very rural part of Utah and, and I actually grew up in a very conservative farming community in the southwest of England so when I arrived here I grew up with a very similar mentality very patriarchal mentality actually um, but I understood it, you know, because I, 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 it's not that I necessarily liked it, but I understood it. Um, what I did love about Moab is that when I first moved here, I thought all the women here were lesbians because, you know, they were rock climbers and, and, and river guides and like they were doing all of these jobs, I guess you would say, that were not specifically very feminine. You know, so I did. I thought all the women were gay. I thought it was, it was I, I, you know, it's like it's like heaven. I'm like, this is great. And then, of course, as I lived here, the longer I lived here, the more I realised that that wasn't obviously the truth. But that I, I discovered that Moab gave me this freedom to be more who I am and, and what I enjoy, which is, you know, like the river and hiking and mountain biking and being, I guess, if you want, physically active. I've always felt very safe here in Moab. And I think that what happened to the couple, you know, in the in the LaSalle's has, has definitely not made me feel safe anymore. 
And that actually makes me really mad. It makes me angry more than anything else. That, you know, there's still somebody out there who actually did that and is living their life doing whatever they're doing. And that makes me absolutely furious. You know, when I was growing up, you know, back in the, when I was coming of age, let's say in the 80s, um, homosexuality was seen as something, you know, disgusting. And, and particularly in, in where, where I was growing up, in this very conservative farming community, it was not, see, you know, homosexuality, which was something that, you know, was described to me once as a, as a, a disease that you couldn't see. So, you know, when you grow up in an era like that and you've also got AIDS, which is considered the gay plague, and that's definitely what, you know, the conservative press were pushing. And then Margaret Thatcher came along and, and she was very, very, very homophobic, the whole government were, and there was this sort of backlash, I guess, against, you know, more, like in the 70s, there was a lot more androgyny, and, and then the 80s became very, very conservative. Um, so that was a different it was a very different time growing up and the only way that I can say that it affected me was from the perspective of being a little kid I, I, had, a, I had a fantastic childhood but you know between I would definitely say when I was born and at the age of 12 because it was a farming community I wasn't I was allowed to be me I, I didn't my parents never imposed this idea on me of who I should be um, a little girl, for mm -hmm. example. Uh, so it wasn't until I was, you know, got into my teenage years, and then you start not understanding, but you you go through puberty, and then the idea of sexuality arises, and you realise you've got crushes, same-sex crushes. And when you're in, when you're growing up in an environment when you're being told that being gay is is like a disease, and 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 all of those things, then you you tend to become or you there's a self-loathing that you feel because you're not like everybody else and you're very different and and then also between you know puberty then you're expect, expected I was expected to do thing that, things that girls did and become a girl and that was difficult and it was confusing I left home at 22 and, and basically that was when my, my life started. So creativity and photography saved my life, that's how I look at it. And it was my way out of the scenario that I was in and that was a very conservative community. When I left home I, I ended up in, a, in Bristol um, living with uh, a a group of girls that were middle class, they were educated, and I, it was just amazing. You know, I, I found a level of acceptance just for me, and I hadn't even come out at that point, but these women were amazing, and they didn't live for boyfriends. They were you know, career-oriented, and all of the things that I found fascinating. When I entered into university, it was the first time in my life 
that not only was I being embraced for being a woman um, and being a gay woman, they, it, they wanted, they, they weren't just listening, they wanted to hear what you were saying. I mean, how does, <laughs> that, that's kind of extraordinary when, when somebody is actually saying to you, yes, you're valid. Yes, you're a valuable person. Yes, you have a point of view. We want to know what it is. How do you feel? How do you feel in, in the late 80s in this environment that we're living in? You know, how does it affect you? Where are, where are your points of oppression? I mean, one of the hardest things I think for me when I first left university is that I'd been deconstructed to a point where I didn't know how to put it back together again which was tough creatively. And I don't feel that I got my creativity back until I moved to Moab. So I, I, that's the other thing that I just love about this place. I mean, it gave me the space to be creative. And that, for me, means everything. I mean, it keeps me sane and it keeps me, uh, you know, uh, that gives me joy, huge amount of joy. But I think Moab, for me, was that place that allowed me to be creative, but it also allowed me to be much more of my authentic self and what I like doing and how I behave, you know, and I'll be forever grateful for that, especially. I feel like I'm much more visible now, outwardly, just by the way that I dress and, you know, my hair is, and, you know, I, I definitely, back in those days, and particularly when I was in Los Angeles, I mean, the, the signifiers of me were much more... I could pass as a straight woman. Mm. Lipstick lesbian, as you might say. You know, lots of red curly hair and, you know... Um, there's, there's a level... I think what I'm trying to say is that you always try and hide. I mean, I certainly did growing up in that. I mean, I'm still not, you know, 100% open. I, do, I don't reveal my sexuality. First of all, because I don't really think it's anybody's business to be honest with you and secondly I find it incredibly complex so if I find my own sexuality complex I'm not sure how anybody else could really understand it you know in in terms of being non-binary um which I which again has has been a, a huge relief discovering that there's actually a word you know because I'd always prior to that said that I didn't feel male or female Right. And yet at the same time, I kind of felt both. And now there's a word for it, and it's non-binary. And, and that's been that's been amazing, I think, that when you, you, there's something that speaks to your authentic self. I mean, you know, it, not just being, you know, or identifying as non-binary. One of the reasons I, I actually like that is because I do really, really relate to being a woman. And I feel that we need to give women... <laughs> way more of a voice than they have which is why I like the idea of non-binary and they and them because you're taking away that very strict patriarchal binary that holds everything in place under it whether it's racism you know homophobia misogyny all of those things I think you know stripping back who you are a little bit and going oh Okay, there you are. There's, there's that little person that was there at six years old. 
you know, just being allowed to be themselves. I'm really, really excited about all of the, the work and around gender and, and that there is now a space out there, particularly amongst, I, I think, younger people. You know, it seems to me that a lot of kids that you talk to nowadays don't give a shit about homosexuality. I mean, it, it, it's not even an, an issue for them, which is incredible. The more that you believe in yourself, and the more that you have the courage to be yourself, the better your life will be. Do not take on board people that put you down for who you are, for the colour of your hair, the colour of your skin, the sex you are, or any of those things. That's their problem. And just by the need for them to be cruel or to, to say something negative to somebody else, they're suffering. So just, just ignore them. Or maybe give them a hug. I don't know. We just heard a piece from season one of Lift Up LGBTQ Plus Visibility. That interview was conducted by Ginger Cyan and was edited by Sarah Mead. We'll be revisiting all of season one this week in the newscast. But you can find episodes right now at kzmu.org under the Special Projects tab. There you'll also find Season 2 of Lift Up, which is ongoing. Thanks for listening.